0: Our text this morning comes to us from the prophet Isaiah, selected verses from chapter 55. Our scripture is a poem written to God's people who have been living in exile away from home for a long time. So long that they've almost forgotten that they belong somewhere at all and forgotten that they belong to God. So as we come to this word, will you pray with me? Prepare our hearts, O God, to receive your word. Silence in us any voice but your own, that hearing we may also obey and take joy in your way. Through Christ, amen. Here, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your earnings for that which does not satisfy? Incline your ear, come to me, listen so that you may live i will make with you an everlasting covenant my steadfast sure love for david seek the lord while he may be found call upon him while he is near let the wicked forsake their way and the unrighteous their thoughts let them return to the lord That he may have mercy on them. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word that goes from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace, and the mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Have you ever been the recipient of a broken promise? I fear we are a people who are becoming accustomed to broken promises. Four years ago, right around the time that we showed up to be your pastors, Pew Research did a study. It showed declining levels of trust in our country, a lagging confidence in our governments and elected officials, and even a feeble trust in one another. And just think, think about what's happened since we arrived here. I wonder what that study would say now. Too many of the promises that we cling to feel slippery, tenuous. All men are created equal, endowed with inalienable rights, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. An apple a day keeps the doctor away. In joy and in sorrow, for as long as we both shall live. Hard work, fair pay. We are a university of the people. Do these still hold? Do they sound the same to you as when you first heard them? Does it sometimes feel that we are building our lives on quicksand? The people who first heard Isaiah's poem They knew that sand. Everything they once thought was sturdy had shifted away. It's hard to imagine that Isaiah's message went over very well with them, for they were accustomed to empty words and an empty life. And yet God seems ignorant of the headlines and quite oblivious to all the mistrust Because God promises all manner of things in this text, a free lunch being the least among them, a homecoming, a lasting peace, an everlasting covenant, a creation that erupts in joy, love that is steadfast and sure. And smack dab in the heart of this promise-packed poem God says this, My word will be like the rain and snow that come from heaven and don't return until they've brought things to life. My word will not return to me empty. It shall accomplish that which I purpose. God's word is the beating heart and solid backbone of this whole enterprise. Have you noticed how, when we read scripture in worship, we conclude each text with this is the word of the Lord, to which the congregation responds? Now, we don't say these are the words of the Lord as if God took pen to paper. We use word of God as if to say, this is the language of God. This is the way God communicates to us, discloses and reveals God's self to us. The Bible is the vehicle by which God can get to us. Which, by the way, is why we also call Jesus the word of God for Christ, Embodies the very character and nature of God. Have you ever been asked if you go to a Bible-believing church? Anybody been asked that? That might mean something different to the person who's asking it, but try responding like this: We don't believe in the Bible. we believe in God, and we come to trust God's promises through the gift of scripture. As the late Rachel Held Evans said, the church is not a group of people who believe all the same things. The church is a group of people caught up in the same story with Jesus at the center. That story, these scriptures, God's word, friends, It bears to us promises and produces in us fruit, which is why today we give it to our children. The third and fourth and fifth graders, visitors and members alike will receive a Bible today. Kathleen Norris tells a story about a man named Arlo who also received a Bible as a gift. His grandfather, a Presbyterian, gave it to him when he was much older than the children who will receive it today. He received it as a wedding present. Arlo admitted he liked the Bible because it seemed expensive. It was bound in white leather, and he and his wife's names and the wedding date were set in gold lettering on the cover. Arlo said he left the Bible in the box, and it ended up in their bedroom closet. But he said for months afterward, every time he saw Grandpa, he would ask me how I liked the Bible. My wife had written a thank you note, of course. And I had thanked him in person, but somehow he wouldn't let it lie. He would always ask me about it. Finally, Arlo grew curious as to why the old man just kept after him. Well, Arlo said, the joke was on me. I finally took that Bible out of the closet and found that Granddad had placed a $20 bill at the beginning of the book of Genesis and at the beginning of every book, that whole dang thing. Over $1,300 in all. 1,300 bucks was a lot of money back in those days. I wish I'd opened it earlier, he said. I could have invested that. The Bible is the best selling and least read book of all time. Michael Lindvall says that Christians have Bibles in excellent condition <laughs> because they're nervous about what they might encounter if they actually read it. They guess rightly, reading it will demand much of us. But another reason is because I think we've been made to think that we're not competent enough to understand what we read. It's ironic, really, because we are reformed Protestants. The church in the Middle Ages used to tell the faithful that the Bible wasn't for them. It wasn't available in the language of the people. And the church said, don't worry, we'll interpret it for you. But our ancestors in the faith, they taught people to read. They translated the Bible into all the languages of the common people. They took out the middleman. And put the book in our hands. But somehow, we've gotten it in our heads that, that this is somehow written by experts for experts. It's like we've regressed to the Middle Ages once again. But this is a book written by pilgrims for pilgrims. So I, I suppose what I want to say to you, church, whether you're in the third grade, or some exponent of that, read it. This collection of stories of seeds and weeds and surprisingly good Samaritans, of seas parting and exiles returning, of tables turning and life rising. Not because God will love you any more if you do, as if this is some sort of test. But because I believe that when you do, that love that is promised to you, it will come alive. So crack the spine and dog ear the pages. Write big question marks in red marker over the parts you hate. And when you come upon some impossible to pronounce name or place, just say big word and keep moving. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> Spill your smoothie on your favorite pages. Learn a line or two in case in case you need it later. You will quickly learn that there are no 20s stashed in these books. Sorry, kids. <laughs> in fact, reading these pages will likely change your relationship to money more than it challenges anything else. But read it anyway. Because we do live in a land of broken promises, but there are some that will hold. We may have grown accustomed to standing on quicksand, but there is a firm foundation in the Word of God.